Amen. Well, Pastor Diana, come and share the word. Oh, God bless you. Well, this is a first. You've just seen me up here many times only in drama. Doing the old lady most of the time. The real old lady. But never preaching. I've done some uh, Wednesday night, but this is a first. And as I look out, there are many of you who I don't know. I don't know your names. I don't know your stories. I... But I'm going to get to know you now because I'll be sitting out there with you. So uh, this morning, we're going to be uh, looking at a few sections of scripture. And I titled this message, The Invitation. And the first uh, section of scripture that we're going to be looking at is from Matthew 4. And in Matthew 4, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The next section of scripture we're going to look at is from Matthew 19. And it's the rich young ruler. And it says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which one, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall do not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I've kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then, come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. The third scripture we're going to look at is taken from John. John 4. And it says, When a Samaritan woman came to drink water, to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. 
the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank, drank from it himself as, he, as did also his son and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Then the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you are now living with, or you now have, is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. The woman, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming... And now has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the, the one speaking to you, I am he. Now, every invitation is a personal invitation. And each one of these instances, Jesus offers each one of them a personal invitation. Now, Jesus wants to meet you where you're at. Jesus calls each one of us to follow him, but it's not exactly the same way because he meets you exactly where you're at. In Matthew 4, he calls Peter and Andrew, and he says, come Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. These guys were fishermen. This was their life. This is what they knew. They were fishermen. In Matthew 19, the rich young ruler 
Jesus knows his heart. He knows what is important to him. So he sets him up to get to the heart of the matter. I want you to notice in this scripture what Jesus doesn't mention. He mentions certain commandments that have to do with his relationship to his fellow man. You see, this man was a, uh, a rule follower. He followed the rules. But you can't reduce a relationship to a set of rules. The young man says, I've kept all these rules. I've kept them all from my youth. What do I lack? And Jesus says, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. You know what? I can imagine everyone there watched as the blood and the hope it drained out of that young man's face as his head drooped down and he began to stare at the ground. He was devastated. He knew something was wrong. He knew something was missing in his life. And he hoped that Jesus would give him the answer. But he just wasn't prepared for that answer. Now he knew, he knew, why, he knew why he was troubled now. It was a clear choice between two treasures, God or wealth. And there before Jesus, he realized what treasure he loved more. And it wasn't God. And he walked away. In John 4, the Samaritan woman, the first thing Jesus does he sees and he recognizes this woman as a person. She's an outcast. She's a misfit. No one would draw water at that time unless you were a social outcast. Instead, he sees her and he offers her living water. He offers her value and life. But it's not the same invitation. She hasn't a clue what he's talking about. She's talking about the physical. She's talking about having a pot and drawing physical water. Jesus is talking about uh, the spiritual water, the living water. Jesus is trying to point out that she, that she couldn't depend upon physical water to meet spiritual thirst. But then he zeroes in on something. He zeroes in on something that she's doing in her life, and he says, go get your husband. And she says, uh, 
I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, right. You've had five husbands. And the one you're living with now isn't your husband. Well, that kind of zaps her. And she concedes at this point that this is no ordinary man. And Jesus offers her a chance at new life and the living water. So here we see three different stories, three different people, and three invitations. Jesus' invitation is personal, it's pacific, Jesus speaks to their issue, and he meets them where they're at. The second thing we see about these three uh, uh, invitations here, it's a new direction. It's a matter of trust. You know, trust is a big deal. They can't continue doing things the same way. The fishermen, for instance, it says they left their nets, they left their boats, and they followed him. You know, if you're going to follow someone you're trusting, they better know where they're going. I'm going to give you a story now. Most of you don't know that I tell stories every so often. This is a story from Bible school, and I don't think I've ever told this story. In Bible school, I was in a group called the Troubadours. I played guitar, and I was on uh, two summer tours and uh, three uh, spring tours. And on the summer tours, there was a group of about 20 people. And uh, we would travel in four cars, travel in caravan, four cars. We were in a different church every night. And uh, this one Saturday, we were leaving the church at 9, and that's we'd meet at 8. 9 o'clock we'd leave, and we'd go to the next church. Well, this particular Saturday, it was a long haul. I don't remember what state we were in, but wherever it was, we had one, one of the four cars. It was uh, car number four kept on overheating. So we had to stop. All four cars would stop, and we'd have to wait until it over, you know, they had put water in the radiator and whatever. We were supposed to be at the church at 5 for dinner and set up for uh, Sunday morning service. Well, at 5 o'clock, we were nowhere near the church. And uh, uh, we stopped and got a quick, uh, just a quick snack. And the car number one decided to go on. They were going to go uh, to the church and I left the three remaining cars. I was in one of them. And uh, <laughs> the, the leader who stayed back with us uh, said, we're going to change up the caravan. 
So the car that overheated, car number four, would be car number one. I, I, we would be car number two. We were originally car number three, and car number two would be car number three. So I was in the middle. We were in the middle here. So we were following car number four. And the leader came, and he said to us, all right, we're about an hour and a half from church, from this church. We want you to follow very closely now because we're going to, we're on the interstate, we're going to be going onto a freeway, and it is nuts. It is crazy nuts. So follow very closely the car in front of you. Do not lose the car in front of you because if you do, you will be lost. So, and so we're like, okay. So he says, no, don't just tell me okay. You people who are in the car, and there were five of us, you watch the car in front of you. So don't be gabbing. Watch the car. All of you, you help the driver. Very, okay, okay, we'll do it. So we're driving along, and about 20 minutes into, uh, uh, on this uh, interstate and going into the freeway, there's, you know, there's always one in the bunch that has a smart mouth, and it happened to be me. <laughs> and I say, I pipe up and I say, what is he talking about? This ain't so bad. I know traffic, you know, traffic is, is okay. You know, it's busy, but it's not that bad. You know, we can do this. Well, about the time I, those words came out of my mouth, Cars came out of nowhere. They were cutting in front. They, they were merging. And originally, the car we were following was only a couple cars in between. was like 10 cars ahead of us. And they were merging. It was nuts. It was like there were demons sitting on the hoods of cars directing traffic. It was nuts. Crazy nuts. And we're like, where's the car? And so we're watching. We got to watch for that car. We're going to get lost. And we're watching and watching. And uh, we're, it's going over a hill, and we're, we're way behind. And it's like, oh, gosh, you know. And we couldn't see it. It went over the hill, and we're driving. And finally, when we got up to the hill, we couldn't find the car. And we're like, what do we do now? The car's gone. There's all these cars, but we can't see the car. So we decided, we said, okay, okay. What we're doing, let's just keep going straight, and eventually we'll find the car. You know, if we just, it's got to be there somewhere. We'll just, it's got to be there. So about, it was about 20 minutes later, we find the car, the car. So we're following the car. And we followed it and followed it. It's two hours later. And we're like, they said it's church. What's going on here? The church, we should be getting to the church pretty quick. Well, they, we're following the car. There are five people in the car. That's got to be them. Well, we're, we're going and going. Well, it's 9 o'clock. We're still on that freeway. 
I was like, what in the world? So it, it, it's almost, uh, it's about 9.30, we pull off the freeway. Oh, great. Well, we're finally getting here to the church. You know, we're going into a big city. We're going through this big city and say, oh, there must be the church. Well, we go right past it. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's somewhere else here. We go, there's, there's another church. Oh, that must be it over there. No, it's not there. We go past it, and all of a sudden, we're out of this, this city. It's like, well, where in the world is this church? So then we go. We're going into a smaller town. It's like, oh, well, maybe the church is here. Well, we go through it. So we keep going, and probably it's 1030, and we're out in the middle of nowhere. There are no lights. I mean, there's nothing out there. And finally, around 11 o'clock, we pull into a driveway. It is pitch black. And all of a sudden, they pull up to a house. And an old lady and an old man get out, a teenage girl and a, a middle-aged couple. And we realized we were following the wrong car. Well, I don't know. They, and we get out of the car, and they, they were like, you've been following us for hours. I don't know if they thought we were going to mug them or what. But, and we all started laughing and said, well, we've been following the car. We've been following you because we thought you were somebody else. So we had to go. We were almost out of gas. So we finally found a gas station. You know, they told us where to get gas and that, but we had to call. But we didn't get into the church until about 2. Uh, that Sunday morning, we, uh, we, we were dragging. I'm telling you. But, but anyway, <laughs> you know, but if you're, you're going to follow someone you're, uh, that you're trusting, you better know where you're going. And I say all that to say this. Do you know that there's a lot of people today that are following people who don't have a clue where they're, they're headed? They follow people not knowing where they're going. So it's a new direction. It's a lifestyle change. To the woman at the well, he offers a new way of life. And with her, you know, you know, with her, she was used to putting her trust in relationships with men. Perhaps maybe to find value in her life or to find self-worth. And Jesus was asking her to step away from what she thought would bring her life uh, value and joy and worth. Here was a woman, she had six men, and her way just wasn't working out. But how often do you and I do the same thing over and over and over? We do it in our own strength, and it just doesn't work. And we think, why aren't things changing? And so this woman was going to have to trust that Jesus was who he said he was, and that he had the, per, that he had the ability to, to provide her with living water, that he would give her joy and value and worth. Now, if you notice in this story, it says, if you go down a little bit further, 
It says she left her water jug and she ran back to town to tell the people about Jesus. That's a very small but significant detail. You see, her whole focus and purpose shifted. Leaving her water jug meant she wouldn't have water later. It wasn't a priority. But telling the village, no matter how they treated her, to hear about a savior who saw her for who she was, who loved her anyway, and gave her life and courage to share about it, that was a priority. The rich young ruler, on the other hand, trusted in himself and his things. He was trusting in what he could do to earn eternal life. He came to Jesus because he knew something was missing. He says, what else do I need to do? And when he learns that Jesus says, go sell all that you have, he thinks, well, if I do that, I won't be able to put my trust in things. I won't be able to put my trust in money anymore. And he goes away sad. Jesus cuts to the heart of the issue, and he cuts to the heart of your issue today. Now, I know that you and I will be offered an invitation today to follow him, and he's cutting to the heart of your issue as I speak. And I know for you to make a decision, you're going to have to trust him, and it's a lifelong journey. Will we trust Jesus in who he says he is and submit to a lifelong journey of transformation? Or will you go back to what is familiar? This same Peter that we read about in Matthew 4, he spends three years following Jesus. He's learning from him. He saw Jesus heal people. He, he saw him feed the 5,000 and calm the sea, but now in uh, John 21, 15 through 22, it says, and when they had finished eating, well, okay, we'll do it. Um, and when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you, you dressed yourself and went out where you wanted. But when you're old, you will, be stretched, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to indicate what kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Jesus turned and saw that disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. 
This was the one he had leaned, up, leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Jesus saw him, when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive till I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Now, Jesus cuts right to the heart of the issue again. As you, if you were to read in the uh, beginning of that chapter, Peter goes back to fishing. He goes back to the familiar. You see, doubt had crept in. And Peter goes back to what he knew. And Jesus goes looking for him. Now, it's like us sometimes. Something goes really bad in our life. Like, Jesus, like uh, God doesn't answer prayer like we think he should. We have struggles and things don't work out. And we go back to the familiar. We go back to fishing. But here... Jesus goes looking for Peter. You can't bail out on a relationship when it gets tough. Peter was ready to bail out. He was going back to fishing. But Jesus sought him out. God is always asking us to trust him and move forward in our relationship with him because he wants to transform us. And then Peter looks around, and he sees John, and he says, well, what about him? And Jesus sort of rebukes him because he wants Peter to understand that it's personal. We are to be the best representation of Jesus that is possible. He says, don't compare yourself to anybody else. In Romans 12, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are called to be transformed, made into the likeness of God's Son. That's what is, that's transformation. Don't give up. Don't stop now. So today I ask you, what are you doing to grow in your faith? What's your plan to grow in your relationship with Jesus? Transformation is a lifelong process. It's a journey. Maybe you're here and you've been following Jesus for a long time, but you, ha you haven't seen a whole lot of uh, change in your life. Hey, that's a problem, don't you think? See, the invitation is always personal. He might not ask you the same way he asked me, but he's asking you to follow him. He knows what you need better than you do. 
and he expects transformation. He wants to give you abundant life right now. He doesn't leave us the same way he finds us. When we follow Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And when we grow in Jesus, we begin to act more like him. So what's your plan today? What will you do differently starting right now that will make a difference between where you are right now and where you will be a year from now? Maybe you need to join a, a small group. Maybe you need to get involved in a ministry. Maybe you need to start telling others about Jesus. Maybe God's dealing with you about your finances. Maybe it's a plan about reading the Bible and praying every day. But what is your plan? Listen, to not make a decision is to make a decision. I'll do it some other time. Oh, I'm too busy right now. Well, you've made a decision. Basically, there are three types of people here. First, there are the kind of people who are growing in Christ here. They're being transformed. That's awesome. You're like the fishermen. When they were called, they, they left everything and they followed him. Keep on keeping on. Then there are some here who need to figure out a plan to grow in Christ. And you're stuck, like stuck in the mud. You're like the Samaritan woman in a way. You do the same thing over and over and over. It's like spinning your wheels. You're trying to, you're just not going anywhere and you can't figure out what's wrong. It's just not happening. You need to trust Jesus and have a plan to grow in him. And then there are some who need to trust Jesus and begin a relationship with him. You don't know him. Be open to starting a relationship with Jesus. Don't be like the rich young ruler who walked away. You aren't here by accident. It's not by accident that you're scrolling through Facebook and all of a sudden you started listening. Jesus meets you where you're at. He meets you here. And he's giving you a specific call to follow him. And now I encourage you, all of you, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it diligently. Let nothing deter you. Follow hard after the Lord. And may the peace and the God of peace and the God of love keep your heart and mind steadfast in Christ Jesus, that you might grow into that complete, mature child of God, that person that he wants you to be, and to be conformed into the image of Christ. God bless you and keep you.